grace and peace, dear ones. It's Sunday morning, my favorite morning of the week. I like to start my morning on Sunday with various devotions. And I'd like to share one with you that kind of hit home with me this morning. It's based on Exodus. And it talks about how God uses the ordinary. The ordinary to do extraordinary things. You are probably like the rest of us, and I know I am. We don't want to be ordinary. We want to wait for the extraordinary moment, some drama to make an impact. As a drama queen, as you, most of you know, I tend to have a little bit of a flair of the dramatic. And God doesn't use those moments like I have always thought he did. I thought I had to be the um, missionary of the century or win the best award in any profession I would occupy to be extraordinary. But there are those that don't do so much, like Mother Teresa. How would you like a world full of Mother Teresas? That wouldn't work, I don't think. But God wants to do great things through ordinary folks like you and me. And this whole theme and using Exodus came from one devotion, and I'm going to write that pastor and, and tell him I'm using it. Um, it's ordinary to do such extraordinary things. Now, the scriptural basis for this is Exodus 1, where the Israelites are in Egypt, and they are becoming a large population and a little bit too large for Pharaoh. And he was a little bit worried. And I've heard some people refer to this time in the Bible as the first Holocaust. And you may or may not remember from reading Exodus, as in Exodus 1.15, that it was arranged with the midwives to take note of the birth. If there was a male birth, the midwife was to kill the baby. The female children could live. And this, this was, you know, a bit unsettling for the midwives, to say the least. And so, um, being the courageous, God-fearing women that they were, they didn't follow that. So they changed their rule of thumb for how they proceeded with the birth of each child. And if it was a boy, they didn't kill the boy. And of course, this brings us to Moses, where his mother hid him and then eventually put him in a basket in the Nile at about three months or so and picked up by the Pharaoh's family. 
ordinary man who turned out to do some pretty extraordinary things. Now, how do we apply this to our daily life? Now, I love reading the Bible. I love discussing each verse. I love just opening it up and finding out what I hadn't noticed. Every time I opened my Bible, I noticed something that God shows me that I missed in these 72 years of my life. But if you've ever been in a Bible class with me, I will always nag the leader, much to their chagrin. How are you going to discuss with us the application in our daily lives? Well, this morning, this pastor who led this devotion talked about three ways. The first is God uses ordinary people to change your life. But it's one day at a time. Change doesn't happen overnight. If you've ever been on a uh, sort of a healthy eating program or a diet, I hate that word. Hate is not a good word, but I do not like the word diet. I like to think of it as a nutrition program. But anyway, um, you have to go one day at a time and look at the collective measure of your work and if the weight is taken off slowly and you change your lifestyle you're more likely to maintain that weight and by the way I'm sorry about my voice I've had a little uh, respiratory issue lately but I wanted to do this podcast anyway so bear with my voice but at any rate over time a little bit of progress a little bit of something adds up Now, I never thought much about certain things. I got into writing for our congregation newsletter, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago, and it was every month. And I did it mainly because the one pastor asked me, and I swear if he asked me to stand on my head, I would do it. Um, Now I'm probably doing it for the Lord, not for him, but at any rate, these articles were written every month, and I thought, oh, well, you know, I do it, and they put it in, and uh, the topics sort of change. It's all based on scripture, but I'm finding out over the years that once in a while, I'll get a, a card in the mail or an email, maybe even a phone call, which I love, direct communication for a change, and there's a mention of an article. Now, one particularly interesting application of it was a friend of mine who's been a chaplain at a nursing home had had used an article of mine about hugging the porcupine. You know those folks are a little grisly on the outside. And there was one patient that apparently was especially taken with that article. Now I could never write another article for the rest of my whatever 72 years I have left. I don't even know who this person is that read the article. I don't know how and why my friend the chaplain, I don't remember, I probably stole, I don't remember now how that article came up, but she had made copies and had used it in her daily ministry once in a while. And this man apparently was 
appreciative of those words, how they're put together. Now, I have a little hard time with people who are kind of grisly and um, the, the uh, things that are prickly on the outside. So I was thinking about that one day as I wrote the Hugging a Porcupine article, and there are human porcupines. And, I mean, I wrote hundreds and hundreds, I don't want to even admit how many, articles for this, uh, news, this little newsletter every month. And this one application through my friend who's a chaplain is what I remember. Now, I've since been replaced. Our congregation's changed a lot, and I don't do that anymore. But I have other ways to look at this devotion. Like number two, um, God uses ordinary people to change their lives. And you think of who has influenced people, and who is the one person that influenced you along the way? Is it a relative? Is it a teacher, a professor? I know that my Aunt Ruth has influenced me a lot. I know that the one pastor I mentioned has been a, a, an amazing influence. But how did this apply? And there are times you don't even realize what you're doing if you just maintain your ordinary commitment to your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who travels with you every day. I, I was doing a brochure for uh, my speaking tour in 2021, and I asked people if they would mind just giving a test. I put the word out for testimonies, which is not uncommon. But I received one that absolutely threw me into a tearful, like you just flop into a chair. It was from a co-worker of mine from many, many years ago who started out like this in the, I'm going to paraphrase now, but it's, it's pretty close. She's, she wrote in this testimonial, what would you do if you had, if you didn't have an HR manager who, and she went on leaving some characteristics, and she said, I'll tell you what would happen, be dead or you'd be in a coffin, or something like that. And then she went on to tell me how I had maintained, how God had, through me, maintained her life, or had given her a different, maybe more uh, hopeful outlook based on what was coming through me from our God. Wow. That just said, okay, Lord, you've done it. I am humbled. I am beyond grateful to my God that I, the words came when I didn't even know they were coming through my mouth, that my demeanor was such that I could reach out to someone like this. I didn't even know it. How wonderful that is. God uses the ordinary. Now, I'll tell you, I do have a few frames on the wall that I could brag about. I've gotten recently an, an award and an, an invitation to a national society. That doesn't mean much to me. The things like I just told you about this woman who wrote a testimony for my brochure, 
how God worked through ordinary people. Now this woman is working the same way with people around her. Her life has changed quite a bit and it wasn't me. It's solely Deo Glory. It's everything we do is only to God's glory. But I was just dumbfounded. So you don't realize, you don't have to be a Mother Teresa who is out getting a lot of uh, ink or a lot of time on a television newscast. And the other part of, of doing things for other people that you don't realize ordinary, my favorite is the uh, line, checkout line, the long checkout line. I'm one of those unique, I want to say odd, but unique individuals who goes to the longest line because it's amazing what connection you can make. And I have many stories, and that's subject for another podcast. But to use that time to make a connection as a person, because you are an ordinary person, you just check out mine. And there might be a comment made where you can reach out and don't even know you're doing it. Now, I like to make people laugh when they're in a checkout. And somehow, maybe through that laughter, maybe there are things that if someone needed an extra dollar or two, that if you have it, you're able to share. Ordinary day-to-day activities. God uses the ordinary to do the extraordinary. It might have been the last quarter that that mom needed for that formula. We can do this. But then the third point about using Exodus and ordinary people concept is that God uses ordinary people to change your eternal life where you realize that you are forgiven and his mercy is so much more than anything you have ever done. Your sins are paid in full. And this devotion used the uh, comparison to a checkout receipt or at the bottom it tells you it's paid in full. Jesus did that. Now the ordinary things that happen, we forget that we can be an influence, a simple smile to to a person in a checkout line or allowing someone to go first in a checkout line. There's many things that we can do as ordinary people but what it does is that it makes a difference one day at a time. We, not all of us are going to be, be receiving Nobel Prizes. Not all of us will receive invitations to the National Society for Scholarship and Leadership. It's going to go on the wall, and I don't know what it's going to do up there other than have me look at it and get boastful. That's why I don't put them on the wall in many places. I, right now they're all packed up. But this is intended for you to apply all of those things, your accolades, your degrees, your personality, your wealth, your orneriness, and the love that you have been given from our Lord and Savior by his death on the cross. I use 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4 as my mission statement that we are grateful for the love of God, grateful beyond measure that he could love us so much 
that he could help us during times that are simply awful, and you know I've had a few, that we could have those things used for someone to get through an experience that could be similar, that could be just that you understand by the look of the person's on the face. I look at the eyes of people, and if something is going on, I can usually tell. A simple touch to the hand at a funeral. You don't have to win a Nobel Prize to walk into a funeral. You don't need to have uh, another degree listed on your wall and graduate with honors. To just look at someone and say, I care about you. And because God loves me, I love you. No matter how prickly you are and how much of a porcupine you are to love. And we can look around us and see those people who have changed our lives by just being there. And I know I have a few of those. In recent years, especially the friend I'm able to stay with now, as I look for a different place to live, who would open their home to someone who's in their 70s? You say, come on. I came here for coffee one day and never left. I had to get out of the rental I was in because it was a pit. And the landlord was giving me trouble about staying until I could find, and you know, I didn't want to stay. He was just, he and I were not agreeing on what was livable. And there was mold and all the ceiling. You know the story. And I was kind of wondering, what am I going to do? And I stayed in a hotel the first night. And I came out and, um, I called my friend that I'm staying with right now. I said, do you have the coffee on? Her response was, well, that's a stupid question because there's always coffee on here. I came out here for coffee and I haven't left because I'm still looking for the next residence and the place to establish the hermitage. Can you imagine doing that for somebody? Just saying, sure, come on, stay with my family for whatever time you need. We might even feed you. We'll make sure that you have a, a comfortable place to sleep. You have a bathroom, you have meals, you have covers, you have you know, heat, light, whatever. Can you imagine just saying, just go ahead and come on. I ne never left from that coffee time with her. The ordinary things in life, and by any means, ordinary is a compliment. When you are looking at life and want to help change anyone and see if they will come over to how much God loves them, how much Jesus walks with them every day. The group of people that you speak with over time will be extraordinary. Well, my extraordinary friends in Christ, I must get breakfast ready on this beautiful Sunday morning in Wisconsin. So please, please know that I appreciate your time. And I want you to remember, Jesus walks with you always. And Miss Rosie and I love you. Talk to you soon.